Marilyn. Lauren. Uh, I'm so excited that we are finally here sitting down doing this podcast that we have talked about for years. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess before we get into all of that about why we wanted to start the podcast, what we're going to talk about, um, mm-hmm. we should probably tell you who we are. Oh, good so, idea. Do you want to start first? Yeah. Um, yes, I will. Um, so I am Marilyn Bell, um, former state representative from the great state of Oklahoma. Um, I now live in a different state, which we'll get to, I'm sure, during our discussion today. Um, but yeah, I served in the legislature for four years. So I am technically the state of our state and local podcast. Yeah. And I am Lauren Schuler, and I am actually currently still in office uh, as we are recording this podcast. Um, I serve on uh, a city council here in Oklahoma, and I have been on council for two and a half years, I think, at this point. Um, and part of the reason why we're starting this podcast now is I have decided not to seek re-election, and so there's quite a long period, and so I will still be on council for about another eight, nine months-ish, um, so I'll wrap up next summer. Um, but we thought that, you know, with our knowledge combined, <laughs> not only in, in you know, elected office, but as organizers, as advocates, as, um, you know, I work in education as well. Uh, that we could really start to kind of piece together and uh, start to peel back the curtain on what it looks like behind the scenes as an elected official um, and start to empower people uh, to engage in this process in, in different ways um, or to, you know, just be able to find information. Um, yeah. So that's why we're here, really, is just to talk politics, share our experience, um, and hope that it helps some people along the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I both know this, but our listener doesn't know that we have had these conversations already many times. <laughs> like, yeah, we've said to each other so many times, wow, that was a really good conversation. And we basically just solved um, everything. Um that could have been a podcast, you know, we should be recording these things. So we've said that now probably for years and now we're finally doing it. And I think it's, you know, I, I realized that part of it was we talked about this even before when I was in office and you were in office and there are some things that maybe we didn't want to say at that time. Yes. But now I'm very happy and willing and able to say anything that I want. (laughs) And have a lot of strong opinions about things um, and and feel like that, not just as a way of venting, you know, my frustrations about things that I went through or things that I saw you go through, but as a way of showing people what actually happens and, you know, trying to figure out together, good or bad, along with our listeners, of which hopefully there will be thousands if not millions, very soon. Um, 
figure out what, thinking. How, how, well, I, you know, I'm always a dreamer. Um, figure out how to improve things at the state and local level. Um, you know, because I still hear from people all the time, like get, get text messages from people back in Oklahoma all the time about like, did you see that this happened? Or a friend that lives in Texas, it's like, why are they doing this? You know, just like people have so many feelings about the process, but they don't necessarily understand the process. And I think it's going to be great for us to be able to illuminate those things and also demystify those things and engage people and show them how critical their involvement in it is not just like those feelings of uh i do you think there's a job for me where you live because i can't stand being in texas anymore i want to leave texas did you see what they did in texas you know or wherever they are um you know we want people to realize that they have power in that process yeah I mean, yeah. you know, that's, for, that's really funny that you say that. And one of the things that as you were talking, um, when you're like, we fixed all the problems and we've, you know, we've talked this through on your couch and, you know, on the phone and in, you know, all these different ways that we have conversations, but, you know, and then oftentimes we would say at the end, but nobody asked me, nobody asked me. <laughs> yeah, nobody but I guess nobody, nobody cares, what, cares I think. what I think. I'll just go back to my office. And yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's one of the, the first things I think to demystify, and I'm sure we'll talk about this today and in the future, is I think there's a lot of assumed power in the positions that we hold or have held that people think, oh, well, you know, I, I would always laugh when people are like, I'm sure that you're very busy, right? I, I don't want to bother you with this. You know, like you're super busy. Um, I'm not. Yeah. That's, um, well, I mean. I, I Yes, I am. Okay. Sorry to like, to um, engage my imposter syndrome. I am busy, but I'm not busy doing what you think I'm doing. I'm okay, not fair. busy being at the table where decisions are being made. Like I'm supposed to be in a perfect world. I would be. That's why you sent me here, but that's not what I'm being allowed to do. That's not what um, it's, you know, that's not what is actually done in practice. There are a lot of different, you know, like factors that have uh, led to me being here and available for you and your concern <laughs> in my office when you call. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm, we'll get to it. We'll get to all of the things, you know, I've been very <laughs> excited about having this conversation with you and, and like, talking about, I'm excited, but also very nervous because I know today we're talking about sort of the why we ran and why we stopped, <laughs> like why we quit <laughs> um, portion yeah. of this um, as like the first way of um, discussing these issues with people. And that's not really something that I've ever done publicly. Like I'll tell anybody who asks me why I decided to run and why I decided not to continue in public service. But it's not something that I've just done, you know, on the internet forever for everyone to <laughs> hear and listen to. So. Yeah. It's, I think that's a really scary thing, even though we have put ourselves out there in ways that a lot of people would never, would never do. And, mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes I know that you've heard this too, like being in elected office, wanting to run for office, 
choosing to do this every day as you're, you know, kind of serving, people look oftentimes look at you. I mean, your family, your friends, strangers in the street, like, why? Why are you doing this? Why do you put yourself through this? Um, oh, that, does not look, do that. <laughs> that doesn't I look fun. Do that. You know, I don't know and, how you're doing I think- that. I could never do that. Like, how many times have you heard that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but why? Um, and, you know, you get all of these canned answers, right, from politicians about mm-hmm. why why they chose to run. And, and, you know, I mean, that's there's a there's a reason why. Yeah, yeah there's it's always canned a why. And why you have to have a message and, you know, all of those things. But, like, I think often people don't feel the authenticity of – that conversation about like, what is it that drove you to be here? And look, I'm not saying that every single person is in it for the right reasons or, (laughs) you know, once they get there, the power and the, you know, if you have power, like there's a lot, there's a lot of discussion around that too. Yeah. Um, Power. And we've talked about this a lot. Power is corrosive and, Mm -hmm. you know, people can change over time. Mm-hmm. In in this capacity, or you know, some people think that it's going to benefit them in certain ways. Like I don't, you know, you don't really hear people talk about like those seedier, kind of darker, kind of more self serving sides yeah. of this. Um, yeah. And look, none of us, I don't think anybody can kind of get away from like the self serving nature of it because we are people and we are serving in that way. Right. Um, but you know, I also think. You'll hear, too, in the way that Marilyn and I both talk about this, there are differences, too, because of the levels of government that we've served on, mm-hmm. right? So you'll hear Marilyn talk about, right, having a lack of power in a lot of ways because of the um, minority status that she was in. Um, and I mean that in, like, the political sense of, like, the party system. Um, but me being on a council that is, you know, nine myself and eight other members, like that is a very different dynamic than, you know, a house of 101 individuals um, that you were serving in. So (laughs) yeah, that's funny. I always had to check myself and be like, because there were moments when, of course, I'm very happy for you. I was very proud that you ran for office. I was very excited when you won. I at least this many times had to Really, she's talking about five. Oh, yes, five times. At least five times I had to be like, You can't be jealous of Lauren for only having to deal with eight other people who are, you know, in some ways are very like minded, in other ways are not like minded at all. Like, but I would be super jealous. Like, But see, in the parts to just have to go to a meet, you know, like I I did the same thing that I know that constituents and other people do. And I would always have to catch myself and be like, you know, that there's nothing easy about what she's doing. And that just because there are only nine of them doesn't mean that it makes those decisions or those conversations any easier. But yeah, when you're like one of 101 and you only have 19 other people that you align with of those 101, then, you know, it can feel a little, (laughs) you you start to feel a little defeated for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it, this is 
you know, a good thing too, that like grass is always greener, right? So you're thinking like, oh my, I would only want to deal with eight other people, but I'm looking at your situation and thinking, I would love to be able to caucus, Uh. right? Like (laughs) we have limitations on how many council members that we can talk to and communicate because of our open meetings rules, right? Like we can't get into a situation where we're in a quorum. And so on council with nine people, that's only five. Five is a quorum. Like you need five votes to pass anything. And so I'm like, man, I can't really get a lot done. I can't really communicate with my colleagues in a meaningful way to like push legislation or to push policy that's going to be like the best because we can't even have a conversation that's outside of the public eye. Now, you know, we can talk all about about transparency and the importance of why there are open meetings acts and, you know, that government should be transparent to yes, the public. Absolutely. Um, but also the challenges of what that is. Because as someone who is sitting in an open meeting, you know, public, everything is, you know, for us, uh, recorded, mm-hmm. <laughs> live streamed, um, and then, right. you know, in a video format forever on on the city's YouTube. Uh, right. <laughs> Yeah, you're thinking there like, I can't make mistakes. It's really challenging to make mistakes in the public eye. Yeah. Or to ask questions that might not, you know, might anger people or might make people feel like, why is she asking that question? That's dumb. Or vote in a way that's going to upset people that you know is going to upset people, you know? Yeah. So, and then, you know, but, you know, oftentimes too, it's like, I have so much information so much information yeah because we're sitting there like inundated right not only with like what we're being told from experts or you know mm-hmm. people coming in or consultants or whatever but like all of the influx of information that you're getting from your constituents on a yeah. on a day-to-day basis right? right about what they're upset about what they care about yeah. what's going right what's going wrong and that's like everybody across the board mm-hmm. um and the other thing too that I think like is is such a difference between the experiences that we've had are you know you ran for a partisan office. Yes. I ran for a nonpartisan office. For what is supposedly and by law and you know that this salts my grits by definition a nonpartisan office though it is very yes. often not treated as such. Correct. Yeah. And, I, and you know, we can talk all day long about, you know, how national politics are filtering down to the local level more yeah. and more and that partisanship is dividing communities, is dividing the country. Um, but I think that there are ways to cut through this. And this is one of the topics, too, that Marilyn and I talk a lot about and have for the last, you know, several years is it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Like, no. we want to fix that conversation. No. And like, how to, do you talk to people? It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. You know, you just want to like shake people and be like, it doesn't have, but you don't have to do that, you know? Um, okay. 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 So <laughs> should we should we start at the beginning and and talk about sort of like how we got to here? So... I guess since, I mean, let me provide some contextual background. I knew you, we knew each other 
well before I ran for office as the first of the two of us to run for office because we worked in the same building. We worked at the University of Oklahoma in two different departments that were actually in the same building. Shout out to everybody in Monette Hall. Um, And uh, became friends because of politics in a way. You know, I got sort of roped in by your then uh, supervisor or manager to come to the event, one of the events that you did to teach people how to run for office um, and was very happy to get roped in, although I wasn't going to say that at the time because who am I and why would anybody ever elect me? Like that's where I was mentally about it when, you know, it was suggested, hey, come to this thing. But I'm so glad I did because I I met you as more than just like that person who walks by my office all the time. <laughs> um, I met you as somebody who was really passionate about civic engagement and about, um, uh, you know, getting more women into politics and about, um, you know, kind of shaking up the system and, and doing good things, you know, and, and having good practices along the way to do that. So I remember going to that um, seminar or series of seminars over that weekend and thinking, oh, like it was the first time that politics and running for office was demystified for me. It was like, oh, it's, it's a puzzle. You know, it's like you're putting together this puzzle and the things that I thought were most important are really not as important as knowing the district that you're going to run in and having a, you know, having a platform and having a system of values and being able to talk to people and communicate to them about what you want to get done, not just for yourself, but for them. And, um, you know, raising money and building a team and, you know, all these things. And so I remember that was probably, when do you think that was like 2015 or earlier? Oh, earlier, because I mean, it probably was like 20, it might've been 2011. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible with dates. You know that. So I'm like, when was that last Tuesday? And you're like, uh, no, it was full yeah. on a decade ago. Um, 2011, 2012. Okay. So yeah, I just sat on it. Like I had so many feelings about it and I was like, <laughs> cool, (laughs) but nobody's ever going to vote for you. I mean, as so many people, we know this, that so many women in particular feel this way before they ever decide to get involved in politics or public service. But so many people, regardless of gender, feel like, well, I mean, what am I going to bring to the table? You know, because we see, especially at the national level, well, you know, I went to an Ivy League school and then I became a lawyer and I, I clerked for a judge and then I blah, 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 blah. Like there's this, like, this narrative in our minds of who a policymaker should be that doesn't have anything to do with policy because nobody becomes a policymaker until they get elected. So like, what makes a lawyer a better policymaker when it comes to public education funding than a teacher who's been in a classroom for 25 years? Nothing. But we've sort of, you know, perpetuated this idea of what an elected person is. 
Um, and I just didn't feel like I fit into that at all. But then once I, you know, I had these moments along the way, the moment with you going to the course was the first time, then several years went by, then we had, um, then I had a child, um, which was very impactful to me because I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay, uh, not just about me anymore. I have to figure out how to make this person, you know, like um, productive and <laughs> and advise him on the ways of the world and what his role is going to be in it. And, you know, was sort of like seeing things and hearing things, especially regarding public education, which, you know, is like such a huge um, thing for me that I'm very passionate about. So I think I started getting involved. And again, I'm going to get the date on this wrong because I, <laughs> You know, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to be like, so um, in 2020. Fact, fact check us later. Yeah, just fa- I'll, I'll put the timeline up later on the website or something. So um, so <laughs> I had Matthew and then started getting more involved in advocacy and started meeting all these other women who were like, what is going on? You know, like what what's happening in our schools, in our towns, in, you know, in industry, like the industry that I'm working in. and you know, sort of very quickly met this coalition of people who all have the same concerns as Oklahomans as I did. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I could still never be the person who ran, <laughs> but maybe I could be, you know, like an advocate who influenced the people who do get elected to office. Then, and I do remember the date for this, we had in Oklahoma, we had a teacher walkout in 2017 where tens of thousands of public educators left their schools, left their towns. Some, you know, that I met during that week, week and a half of the walkout were like driving three hours every day each way to get to the Capitol to express how poorly things are going in their classrooms. And it was really enlightening to me and very encouraging because of course, when you have this sea of people, how can you not think that some sort of change is going to happen? Right now, depending on who you ask and what side of the aisle they're on, it was either an abject failure or a complete, complete success <laughs> the walkout <laughs> but in the end now in 2013 do we still have a lot of the same problems that teachers went to the state capitol to address that are still not addressed yes we do so that for me was like a really big catalyst you know and i know that i was sort of um, coming to terms with the end of um, the job that I had at the time and knowing that I wanted to do something different. Um, so I ended up having, again, like another um, really impactful moment with two other women that I met from doing the advocacy work um, in the state. And we decided, well, we're going to we're going to start a consulting firm. We're going to help other people run for office 
because I had a communications and design background. One of our business partners had, uh, you know, data and IT and analytics background. One had a um, events and sort of like logistics and coordination background. And so we thought, well, yeah, we can sort of office a full, we can offer rather a full service shop to people who want to run for office. So part of the reason why we went to the teacher walkout was to recruit candidates and say to classroom teachers, you know, you could do this. Like if you can manage a team, a, a classroom of 32 fourth graders, like you can get down on that house floor or Senate floor and, and do something about this. And if that's the place that you want to be, then we'll help you get there. So we did, we recruited a couple of people and then within like a month, no more than a month of starting the business, like quitting my job that I had had for 12 years, starting a consulting firm, which I had never done before, and recruiting candidates and clients, then the house seat in the house district where I lived, where actually all three of us lived, who had started the business became an open seat. And I... Lauren, I just like died inside. <laughs> I Thinking was like, about it? Yes, because or, I was yeah. well, okay, because I had had conversations with people before when they were like, well, you just never know. You know, somebody could um, decide that they want to run for something different in the district that you live in. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. So I'm going to start this consulting firm. And, you know, maybe one day I'll run for office. Like maybe when. When there are just all these reasons that you, or like excuses that you make about it or ways that you talk yourself out of it. So at that time in my life, it was maybe when my son is in college, I'll run for office. Well, at that point, that was like 15 years away, 16 years away. And I was just like, no, maybe when he's, like, you know, whatever. Um, but we started the firm and I was very happy and very planted in my drive and desire to help other people win elections and work in campaigns because I had done a little bit of that before. Um, but then we went out and tried to recruit other people. We were trying to recruit someone for House District 45. Like, hey, who do you think should run? Like, do you know any women or, you know, any progressive people that you think should run? And they would be like, you. Oh, <laughs> No, no, I can't do that. Because you see, I'm starting this firm to help other people run for off. And they were like, do it. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I just started a business. Like all three of us worked at OU. All three of us left our jobs to start this firm. But eventually, I had two strong conversations. One was with my business partners who said, I mean, do it. Look, there's nobody else in the state who's currently consulting and helping people run for office that would be able to say, even if you lost, hey, I know what this is like. Like you have to wake up, you have to make fundraising calls, you have to knock doors until your shoes fall apart. Like you have to do all these things. And you'd be able to say that you know, and like motivate your own clients in a way that other people, you know, can't do. And that, that could be really 
really great for our company, you know, in the long run. And then I had another conversation with a, another amazing woman, um, Kendra Horn, who became a member of Congress uh, in the year since the conversation that we had. And the reason why that really turned the tables for me is because she said, do you want to watch somebody else doing the job that you know you're good, like you know you could do? Do you want to watch another person do what you know in your heart you want to do and are qualified to do and could be great at? <sighs> she got me. She got me. You know, you know, I also distinctly remember around that time another conversation. So mm-hmm. those two are positive, positive conversations that you had that was like propelling you forward. But I also remember a conversation (laughs) with a different person that I, that I think might actually be more impactful to your origin story. Fair. So because I know where you're going. If anybody knows Marilyn, you know that she (laughs) loves to prove people wrong. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah, that, that is true. So I did have a conversation with someone, someone that I thought was, you know, had, had always assumed would be very supportive of me because they always had been very supportive and had this conversation with them where not only did they say, you can't start a consulting firm. Like you can't do that. Nobody's going to like that. Like, there are already people doing that, which is like, there are already people making hamburgers and hot dogs, but that doesn't stop, you know, restaurants from opening up all over that. Like it was just like the weirdest thing. Um, but you can't do that. People will not like that. And also it, it's just political suicide for you to try and operate a campaign consulting firm and run for office at the same time. You cannot do both of those things. You just can't. And you'll lose and your business will fail. And I mean, I mean, for like, I let them go on for like 45 minutes in my cousin's kitchen. And I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, uh, okay. I mean, you know, but then I hung up the, the call and I had probably just had the conversation with Kendra as well, like in the same week. And I hung up the call and I was like, oh, well, I'm definitely doing this now. <laughs> That, yeah, oh, I remember. I'm definitely going to run for office now. And I'm definitely going to win. I mean, here's the thing. I really felt deep down, like the reason why my heart sunk when I knew that that office, that that seat was open is because I was like, I could win that. Like, I mean, it worked out, uh, you know, to to say this now as a part of my origin story, I guess. But like, I wouldn't have done it if I thought I was going to lose. I don't like losing. I don't like losing at cards. I don't play Monopoly anymore. It's too much. I don't like losing. <laughs> so so I wasn't going to do it if I thought I would lose. And as soon as I knew that I could have the opportunity to do it, I was like, oh, I, ha- I, have to, I have to figure out a way to do this because I will win. Like I just know. Yeah. Like I knew it. If I decide to do this, I will win. And I did. 
Now, to say that like everything worked out just fine and that the consulting firm didn't suffer at all and that everything was successful and just like perfect. No, that's, that's not necessarily how that went. Um, you know, it wasn't long after getting elected that people still coming out of the woodwork to say like, you can't do both of these things in the time. So now I'm elected. Like I've, I've campaigned for a full year and done really nothing else during that time other than campaign for other people, campaign for myself, got elected to office, and then still had people telling me, well, you can't be an elected official and help get other people elected. Why? Well, says who? Says people who didn't like it. You know, people who were like, well, you can't, you can't help a friend who's wanted to run for city council for, you know, near on a decade to do that because that's you trying to get involved in city, city stuff. Well, it's nonpartisan, bro. Like this is a friend of mine. I have skills. Also the legislature is not, um, here's, here's a thing to demystify and you can do this even more so so when you talk about your journey. Um, yeah, we're not millionaires. State and local politics is not the place to make your first million. Okay. You do not get paid a lot. So like. Understatement. Understatement. Yes. The, the understatement of perhaps the entire pod. Um, but, yeah. you know, I'm still trying to make a living. I'm still trying to run a business. And, you know, so people are always just going to poo-poo you. But to your point about the origins of things, yes, it does seem to to um be true that when people tell me no um just doesn't go their way very often after that (laughs) uh yeah and to clarify she's also talking about a different friend (laughs) a different friend than me um she helped me later so the first person that she helped was that was actually not me um a different friends. Yes. Um, but I guess that's a good segue into, I guess, my entry point and kind of my experience yes. kind of walking down this path into elected office. So, um, you know, like Marilyn said, we met at OU and I was working for um, a department and that was really focused on civic engagement, on getting more women to run for office, as she said. Um, and I was running programs around, you know, those endeavors, right? So a lot of the stuff that I was doing was working with undergraduate women or, um, you know, women that were kind of in college, but recently out of college, or even just women who were coming to our programs to to get more information on, yeah, what are, I guess, like the essential tools and the needs and resources that you have to actually run for office and kind of how do we piece those things together um, in a really clear way, but also that people leave feeling like, hey, I could do this. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, doing that work for so long, right? Like you're like, yeah, you can do it and you're experienced and you're knowledgeable and you don't have to wait. <laughs> And then looking at myself and thinking, right, like Marilyn's thinking, like, no, my job here is to encourage others, right? Like yeah. my skill set. They can, and but I can't. 
my knowledge set is education. I'm sharing information. I'm sharing resources. I'm connecting. um, I'm encouraging. You know, I'm a hype woman. Um, And, you know, all all the while thinking like, okay, maybe I'll run for something like way down in the future. I'll think about like, oh, I really care about education. Maybe that's going to look like school board. You know, like it was like this like little kind of thing that just kept rattling around in my brain. Right. So I guess, you know, doing this work, doing this work started in, you know, about 2010. Um, Fast forward, (laughs) um, you know, I see Marilyn run. I see, you know, some of my students, former students coming through the programs, Mm -hmm. they run for office. Right. Um, They win. Some of them don't. Right. And really seeing what what that process and that experience was like for them, Um, but also in continuing to encourage and, you know, defeat is not always a bad thing. No. Despite what Marilyn <laughs> said. She's like, I'm going to win. Um, no, it's not. But, that. I mean, it's not that, but you have to decide that for yourself. For sure. You know. So, you know, fast forward to, you know, I guess, you know, 2020, thinking about, okay, what is, what is going to happen, right? The world shuts down. Um. I was living alone at the time, um, which was well, – that's a whole nother conversation about like, <laughs> oh, living through a pandemic, a global the pandemic. COVID diary. Like, yes, is, we'll do it. So, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, I want to I wanna buy a house. I'm – you know, oh, the interest rates are really great. So I end up buying my first home in 2020. Um, and, you know, I've always been paying attention to – local politics. Um, Mm -hmm. My former boss at the center who started the programs that I was running was, you know, on city council and mayor um, for a total of uh, 12 years, um, which is crazy. (laughs) Now that I like, now that I've experienced what that workload looks like. Long years. Yeah. Um, um, So like I had had kind of a, I guess a seat at that, uh, like understanding what that was going to look like. Um, And so I was paying attention. I knew the mayor at the time, I was kind of, you know, thinking about what this is going to look like. And then the ward that I ended up, that I serve now and, you know, ran, got elected. And there was a lot of, there were several tumultuous years, (laughs) um, right around that time, right. In 2020, there was an election. Um, there was uh, a person who was in office who, um, tragically passed away um, and so they had to hold a special election. So this is like in the middle of the summer of 2020. Um, so they appoint someone to hold the seat, which is a former council member, until they can have a special election. The special election is in February of 21. Um, so I'm watching all of this, right? Like I'm, I'm voting. I'm a voter. Um, you know, I want to be one of those people that's a super mm-hmm. voter. So yes. Like, I want to get all the mail. I want to, I want At people to notice. Like I yes. <laughs> care about this. So I'm watching this election and, you know, ultimately um, campaigning looks so wild in 2020 in the middle of COVID um, or in 2021, I guess, even still. And so, <laughs> man, this is so crazy. Um, someone is elected. They hold the office for like three weeks and then resign <laughs> because right. yeah. they yeah, because they were going to, you know, they got a job out of state and they were leaving, um, which I'm like, 
how do you not know when you're running a full campaign that you're applying to jobs out of state and, you know, whatever. There's like all right. things to say about that. So I'm I'm watching yeah. this and I, you know, I happened to I happened to text the mayor and I was like, hey, what's what's the process? Like that's all what's I said. Going I was on? Like, is it gonna be an appointment? Is it gonna be another another special election? Like what's the process gonna be? And she goes, Oh, you're gonna run. And I was like, what? No, I was just oh, curious. So like, this is crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it it felt a lot at the time. Like, I didn't have very much time to think about it because, mm-hmm. you know, again, here we are without representation in the ward that I live in. Um, you know, thinking all of that through. And like it was like very quick that I had to make a decision. Like, we have a seat that is vacant. They're going to figure out if it's a special whatever. I was thinking at the time that it was – they're going to call another special election. Um, And we're Mm -hmm. thinking that's going to be in June. So, you know, I learned of this in March. So I'm like, okay, um, I guess I'm thinking about this. What is it going to be? What do I need? You know, of course, me training all of these people all this time and then looking at myself and I was like terrified. I'm like, yeah. okay, what do I need to do? What, I mean, like, I Marilyn, you know, was like, it's going to be fine. And here's what you do. And here's all the things, which yeah. is so such a role reversal for both of us. Um, but she had done it, right? She had filed her ethics stuff. She had, you know, created her campaign, created the bank account, done all, you know, all the things that you need to do. Create a logo. Think about what your website is going to be. Um, so that mm. all geared up really quickly for me. Yes. Um, and I think in the back of my mind, as I got closer to thinking about this, it was how do I continue to encourage so many other people to run and to tell them they are knowledgeable, they are qualified, <laughs> they can do this job. And looking at myself yeah. and like really look, looking inward and being like, you, but not you. You... Right. You don't need – you're not going to yeah. do this. You're not going to be good at it. Um, so weird. I mean, so ultimately it was like jumping off a cliff. Like so real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean to to this day at this point, I'm like, oh, I still – I hold this title. This is crazy. So anyway, I decided, you know, like – and I guess let me back up too a little bit that – when I thought that I might run for office, when I really was starting to get serious about that, um, my mm-hmm. first choice actually wasn't municipal government, surprisingly, um, yeah. which I would cha- like. I would never change at this point. Like this, I have become even more passionate about local government, specifically, specifically yeah. in this political climate. Specifically in the way that like our world is going, um, and you hear that a lot in the conversation about where people want to engage now and where they should or where yeah. you know efforts might be best served. But ultimately, I thought that I was going to run for the state legislature, like Maryland did. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the house seat that you know I live in to, um, for the person to term out because in Oklahoma we have term limits, twelve years to serve in the state legislature. Um, so, you know, typically people will get elected, they serve their 12 years, term out, and then it's time for somebody else. So I was like, okay, I'm banking on that 20, 
22 is when I think that election was going to be. But I also needed to leave my job and I couldn't figure out the piece of not being unemployed, (laughs) basically. Right. Because – Yeah, which is what keeps so many people from running. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I need to feed myself. I need to clothe myself. I need to have a roof over my head. Um, I could not make the piece work where I could leave my job. And I just – hadn't found I mean like you know at one point I was trying to hype myself up I was like well you can work and you can you know you can be a barista at Starbucks you can wait tables like you you can do this but like I don't know can you and I just like could never get my brain to like switch it right um well not only can you Lauren but like should you have to do that you know, like sure. I remember I, the reason why I was tickled when you said the thing about Starbucks is because I was part of a very large freshman class when I got elected in 2018. And uh, there were colleagues of mine who were teachers. They were like people who had professional careers for years and years. And the only thing and like the only advice that leadership could give them at the time of like, hey, how do we supplement this income? Because in the in the Oklahoma legislature at the time, you were making like there has been an increase since then, but I'm gonna say like forty thousand. It was some yeah, it was somewhere like less than forty thousand. Now it's more than forty thousand, like but it's thirty seven is like what it was. Yeah, thank you. I'm bad at all sorts of numbers. I think so, Yeah, no, I'm I just, think you're right. It was it was it was high thirties, now it's high forties, right? But there were people who left their jobs that paid a lot more than that to come and do this, who were now like, okay, so what ideas do you have for supplementing our income? Like, what do other members do? And the only suggestions at the time were like Starbucks, Uber, Uber, you know, uh, picking up groceries for people, like whatever. And I'm like, I was still young enough. And even though I had like this 12 year career, in design, it wasn't 30 years as a teacher and administrator, you know, like some of my colleagues. And I thought, like, how are they, like, how are they doing this? And some of them literally did, like, when we weren't in session, do ride sharing, picked up shifts. And, you know, and I'm just like, people shouldn't be put in that position to have to make that choice of, do I, do I get to continue my career? Because most people like yourself and myself were working at a public institution that didn't allow for people to run or work once they had a partisan position. Right. They also, um, in Oklahoma, at least now and for now, aren't allowed to return to teaching after they've served as a member for a number of years. Now, how that makes sense to the people that voted for that piece of legislation, I do not know. Um, To me, it's nothing but punitive because it came up after the teacher walkout. And we had so many teachers who were elected as a result of that walkout in their home districts that then they passed a bill that said, well, yeah, I mean, you can come and join us here and like do your little song and dance about public education. But once you're done, you can't go back to your job. You know, so it's like, it makes it, there are all these barriers to entry for people who 
aren't independently wealthy or well-established or have their own business or, you know, can make their own rules um, that I went on um, a bit of a tangent and uh, bitter diatribe about that and interrupted your origin story. And I apologize. No, it's okay. This is, this is our dynamic and you'll probably see this, you know, <laughs> back and forth, like we'll interrupt each other yeah. and go off on these little uh, yes. tangents, but better you know, that you know we- now listener then. <laughs> Yeah. Then find out <laughs> Which later. Is totally fine. So yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't make the financial piece of that work for me to feel safe and comfortable and like I was going to be able to eat and keep a house. Um, and so I ultimately was able. I knew to run for a nonpartisan seat. And having worked at that point my entire career and still my entire career is in nonpartisan civic engagement. So I felt very comfortable engaging. And I don't know why I didn't think about it before. Um, you know, it just seems like the the legislature is a little bit more sexy, right? Everyone's focused on this national stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. You laugh and we can go off, but, you know, hold it, hold it together for now. Um, I only laugh because I'm finally, to he- finally excited to hear somebody <laughs> acknowledge how incredibly sexy the state legislature is. So <laughs> Please continue. So, you know, because <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I can I can run for this nonpartisan seat. And ultimately what happened um was not a special election. There we were preempted um by the elections board, the Oklahoma Elections Board, from having elections for municipal uses in mm-hmm. June, um, in May, June, July, August, September, October. <laughs> um, and I yeah. think the first election that they would have been eligible for to put a special election on the ballot would have been November. And so you're thinking March to November, we're not going to have any representation. And so what the city council decided to do was to make an appointment for the remainder of that term. Um, Mm -hmm. And that term ended or would end um, about a year from then in um, the summer of 21, sorry, 22. So I went through a process to apply um, I had to put in an application to the city, say I was interested in being appointed. They had selected a committee um, of residents and citizens of the ward um, that mm-hmm. they would be selected. And then they did an interview process um, and ultimately, you know, selected out of the applicants who they were going to recommend to city council to actually seat um, to hold that. So I got obviously through <laughs> all of that, you know, did my interviews. It was incredibly nerve-wracking and you know yeah in a way that I have never (laughs) I was just gonna say almost more so because I remember you doing the application and like reading over the application that you submitted I don't know if it was before or after because they make those things public like on the website you know but I remember reading it and thinking, oh, like to me, it would be even more devastating to not be appointed than elected because I felt like I at least got a year to like go out and meet people at all these different points and make my case. And you have like a two page questionnaire and an interview, you know? So 
which, you know, ultimately it's like any other job, not like this. Well, I can, I can razzle dazzle and convince people to, you know, vote for me. You know, I'm good with people, but I have this panel of people that I have to impress. Like that was, I remember being so nerve wracked for you. Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk too more about like that process. Like I think maybe at a later date of like, what, Mm -hmm. what are the differences between like feeling secure in your position now that you now that you're sitting on this body, right? You are an elected official, but like right. it was really hard for me to think of myself as an elected official because I wasn't elected, right? Yes, at first, right? I was I was I was an appointed, appointed. official in an yes. elected official's role, mm-hmm. um, and so th- there's some challenges with like getting to know people in your ward, like you didn't have the same experience knocking doors and, mm-hmm. you know, doing forums and town halls and, and various things. Like, like I said, I found out in March, I was, went through the process and was seated at the beginning of May. Right. So, you know, <laughs> like, so we can talk all about I that agree. too. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess. Thanks. Looking back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, woo, whirlwind, ready to yeah. go. Um, and then, you know, one of the big questions that the panel asked was, are you going to run when you're mm-hmm. eligible for the next, like the next election? And so my answer to that was yes, because I had always been intending to run. Like if this was an appointment, okay, but I had was planning to run for a special election. I was gearing right. up for all of those things. Um, so that had been my intent all along. So that was an easy answer for me. Um, and ultimately, <laughs> you know, thinking about what I was going to do on the local level was in in so many ways more nerdy. Like I want to talk about <laughs> sidewalks and I want to talk about buried utility <sighs> lines. And so I want like sexy, <laughs> like, but I Help will die. Out. I will die on this hill <laughs> that it is like the most important stuff that local elected, like that officials do like your local, city council, I would say even in some ways your county, um, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, for Have sure. the most day-to-day direct impact on the way that you live your life than any yeah. other level of government. Yeah. And, and I and think so, it's, it's the most um, – it's the most emotional too. It's like the most emotionally charged because there is, the reason why state appealed to me was because there is that separation where plenty of hateful phone calls, super aggressive emails, had to get the um, OSBI involved in a couple of interactions that I had with with um, fellow Oklahomans that were, um, you know, overly aggressive or violent or whatever whole other episode but my point is i have seen not you but other members of the norman city council accosted in broad daylight at a grocery store because of something that a constituent didn't like yeah like yeah we i know how you voted on the rezoning of the corner of blah, 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 blah. And you know what? If it's the last thing I do, I mean, like they're checking, they're self-checking and somebody just comes up to accost them. And I was like, pearl clutch, like this would never, I mean, if people 
knew who I was. And, you know, I'm a townie, like I was born and raised in Norman, right? So I, I, I very rarely went out where I didn't see somebody that I knew. Um, even as big of a town as Norman has become, or city, I should say, as Norman has become. But I never got accosted on the, st- like in the grocery store over a vote or something. You know, I barely even got recognized by people at, unless they knew me already as somebody who was serving them in office. So that, to your point, is just like, yeah, people get real reel up in their feelings about <laughs> things that are happening because it does affect their day-to-day. Like if your trash doesn't get picked up, who are you going to yeah. call? Not me. I'm going to hear know. about it. You're going to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a pothole, if there's, Ugh. I mean, honestly, there's just like, I mean, anything. Speed humps. Speed humps. Someone, someone didn't cut their grass. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I laugh and we joke <sighs> and, you know, all of that. But I mean, it is, I mean, one of the other things that we said we were going to talk about is ultimately why we decided, like, there's like, okay, yes, we decided to run. There's a whole gap, right? And a whole middle piece of like us being in office. I I mean, like I said, I'm still in office, but um, having to walk the path of thinking about what's next and do I, do I continue to do this? Um, And for me, like I did put out a statement, this was in um, the end of last month, uh, September of this year. And, you know, there's a lot that I, I didn't say, um, which I'm hoping to say over the course of, you know, us talking about all of these things on the, the podcast, but, and to go into more detail, but, you know, a lot of it for me was, I mean, a, (laughs) it is a, honestly, a 24, seven, 365 job. Like we are never off. Mm -hmm. I have council meetings, like my session, like there are no sessions. It is like we have council every second and fourth Tuesday of every single month from here until eternity. Like that will never stop. We have study sessions. We have committee meetings. Right. We have emails. We have phone calls. We have community meetings. We have people wanting us to come and meet. Hey, also, this is a volunteer job. You get, I mean, okay, excuse me. You you get paid $50 yeah. base pay a month. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you can cap out at 100 bucks a month. Yeah. So plus, remember, they take taxes out of that too. So of like $1,200 a year to do a basically full-time job while I also have a full-time job. (laughs) Yeah. That pays my bills and, you know, I get a, I get a salary for a real salary. But Um, have you ever thought like, why didn't I just like lead a Girl Scout troop? Because I was doing that. I'm going to volunteer. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, yeah, it's not like any other volunteer position you know, but no. you, but it it eats it eats your lunch. Like once you're in it, it just you know you're happy and, to be and, doing it the entire time. But you're also like, what am I doing? You know, whatever. Okay, absolutely. Okay, listen, 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 listen. We are really close to like having talked about 
why we ran for almost an hour, I think we should deviate from our original plan and actually make this like a two-part first episode yeah, so that we can have so one too. episode where we talk about why we ran. And then, you know, honestly, listener, if you just want to get to the nitty gritty of it, if you're like, yeah, public service, they ran because they had, you know, ambitions and goals or whatever. But like, if you really just want to get to like the, yeah, but why'd they quit though? Then they could just go straight to episode two. Sounds good to me. You know? Okay. So let's do that. We will bid our listener adieu and take a break and then come back with episode two. Sounds good. Sounds you good to get me. To the, get to the spoilers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers ahead, listener. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 